It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another special edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast right now. We like to call it Crossroads of the 12. Week 0 is here for BYU, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. There's plenty to discuss on that front. And also, an interesting proposition from a listener of ours about how to go about scheduling in the new Big 12 when the new members join next year. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, a resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars and Crossroads of the 12 your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, uh, interesting stuff going on in the college football world. Obviously, it is week zero eve. The college football season is here, my friends. Cannot wait for that. But I want to start off today's show by talking about an interesting proposition that came in from one of our listeners. That came in from John Ferguson. I sent this email to Locked on BYU at gmail.com. You can reach out to us anytime at that email address and obviously appreciate your guys' feedback. And John says this, I have wondered, I'm reading this off my phone and the email says, I have wondered about the pods you spoke about a couple weeks ago. Has anyone talked about the Big Big 12 forming four divisions? He says, you would play the other three teams in his proposal here. You play the other three teams in your division, then play all four teams in another division on a rotating basis and then one team from each of the other two divisions. Those could be chosen by where you were ranked in your division in the previous year. For example, BYU wins the division in 2024. They play every team in their division, every team in Division 2, and the first place teams in Divisions 3 and 4 or however you want to divvy it out says the beauty of all this is that they could then have a playoff round of four division winners and then a conference championship game. Think of all the interest that conference could be generated from having their own playoff game. Just some food for thought, John in Central Texas. Well, John, thank you for reaching out. It's an interesting proposition because I'm going to throw up the graphic here of the pods I threw out a couple weeks ago up on, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see it. And the pods are pretty simple, I feel like. I feel like you have BYU and Utah and the Arizona schools in one pod. I, I would make a slight adjustment to this after a number of you responded to this. Essentially, I would uh, shift uh, Houston over with Cincinnati, West Virginia, and UCF in that Eastern pod. You'd have Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State together, and then you put Colorado, the Kansas schools, and Iowa State to uh, keeping them all together, thereby keeping Farmageddon, which is actually one of the better rivalries as well in the Big 12 Conference altogether. But to his point, you would essentially, yeah, if you're BYU, you play Utah, Arizona State, and Arizona, and then in theory, on any given year, you would play either either that Texas-centric division uh, with Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, uh, TCU, and Baylor. You could play the Kansas schools, Colorado, Iowa State. It's just an interesting proposition there. The only problem I see with this, John, is the having to schedule that many games plus potentially having a playoff round with the four division winners, essentially creating a, a two-tier playoff in the Big 12 Conference and obviously having the college football playoff on top of that. That's a lot of games and not a lot of time because the window is already going to be severely cramped beginning in 2024 with the 12-team playoff. Uh, many of you might know this. If you don't, the 12-team playoff is going to start the weekend that typically we see bowl games starting. Think about the Bahamas Bowl, uh, BYU played in the New Mexico Bowl on that opening weekend last year, if I recall correctly. It, that's when those college football playoff first-round games on campus would be taking place. 
Uh, obviously, the conference title game is scheduled for it's usually early December. It's not a lot of time to be able to fit in another uh, set of games, obviously, for a, a two-tiered playoff in the Big 12 to make that happen. Essentially, you would have uh, a semifinal when the conference championship games typically are held. The following week would have to be the championship game, and then you'd only give your champion or uh, the co-champion, whatever it might be, the, the, the it would be the champion and the, potentially the runner-up who may have made the playoff. They don't have a week to get ready for another game. So just a really compressed schedules. I, I like the proposal here for the four divisions that you talk about where you have them on a rotating basis, obviously, and giving all the teams in the conference an equal opportunity on a fairly uh, consistent basis to play all the other member schools in the conference. I just think that the only thing I would uh, have qualms with is the idea of having that uh, four-division winner uh, semifinal, essentially, to set up the Big 12 title game. Now, is anything out of the realm of possibility going forward with college football? No, it's not, because who would have thought just three or four years ago that the Pac-12 was on its last leg, or legs, if you want to call it that? Uh, Who would have thought that the Big 12 now has 16 teams? Who would have thought that BYU and Utah are back together in a conference? Uh, By the way, Kyle Whittingham sure thinks things are going to be blown up in two to three years, but... uh, if he's right about that, great. But at the same time, there is a kind of a grant of rights that's already been signed by the Big 12 schools that goes for the next six years and beyond 2025 till 2031. That if you're going to join the conference, speaking of Utah, in theory, you've signed that grant of rights. At least uh, there's no way that the conference, in my mind, would have let them join the conference without sa- signing that grant of rights in this new media rights deal. Obviously, to get the pro rata clause, that type of stuff is going to require that. But that's beside the point. It's been a, all the rage on social media. I get all that. But the bigger thing, topic at hand, I feel like, is this proposal from John. I, I like the idea of having these rotations there for these conference schools to be able to play each other fairly often. I would actually uh, propose that uh, essentially with BYU, Utah, and the Arizona schools being on the far western edge, I'd say that you essentially you cross over least with that eastern division, obviously, to avoid the extensive travel that it would entail. But the bigger thing for the travel in this conference folks is football is is it's almost a non let me try it. it's almost a non issue is what i should say when it comes to travel for football football travels charter to every single game no matter where they go they fly directly to the school their the area where the school that they're playing is and then immediately after the game they hop on that charter flight and fly right back home the bigger issue with this 16 team conference for the big 12 moving forward is more for the quote unquote olympic sports basketball volleyball soccer on down the list all those sports when they have to travel Travel multiple times a week and play multiple games in a week because that's just how their their sports are structured versus the once a week deal for college football. I think the travel concerns are for far more important for the the schools the, the schools the, the athletes in these other sports outside of football. Now basketball probably still charters to a degree, and I wonder if some of these schools eventually will just essentially say we're going to charter everybody. You may have to. Honestly, it may have to be the answer, the charter. And that's going to be extremely expensive. Sending athletes from Provo, Utah, all the way to Morgantown, West Virginia, or Orlando, Florida, on a charter is a pretty incredible expense. And I just don't know that that's going to be something that you play with right away from the get-go when you're members of the Big 12 Conference. But it's out there on the table, and it's absolutely something that could come into play. 
down the road. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, if Kyle Whittingham's right and we're having this thing blown up in two to three years and uh, the Holy War is no longer a conference game after a two to three year uh, reunification, you know what? So be it. Maybe we're all wrong about that. Maybe Kyle is seeing the future. But at the same time, it's something that he's crowed on about, on and on about for quite a while, actually. That's the other thing about this. Kyle's not, this is not new from him, from him uh, speaking of that uh, idea of the, the things getting blown up. I just don't see it happening until the early 2030s when the next media rights deals negotiations come back around. I think he's he's a little hasty in saying it's two to three years out. I think it's more five, six years down the line when that grant of rights runs out and obviously the new media rights deals are, are coming into play and you're renegotiating that. I think that's when it ultimately things transpire. But interesting proposals, all the same from both John as well as Kyle Whittingham. And a big thank you uh, to both of you uh, for your con- contributions to this edition of the uh, Crossroads of the 12. All right, uh, final note here on... On, uh, this edition of Crossroads of the 12 is to look at week zero. It's a crazy uh, thing. There's some really unique games. Obviously, there's not a full slate of college football games, but college football is back in its entirety. We're going to talk about that coming up here in just a moment. First, real quick word on our new friends over at Game Time. The best part about Game Time is they want to help you guys out no matter what you're trying to go to in terms of concerts, sporting events, uh, theater, no matter what it is, they got killer deals on last minute tickets with their best price guarantee. The best part is you can stop, stop stressing over getting the tickets you want and starting getting hyped for the fun you'll have out at that event. The best part about uh, game time is they want to make it simple for you guys. They have flash deals and last minute tickets available to you guys very easily to find and buy those tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of uh, seat views that are available at all times and most importantly a lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection and more. Uh, if you find tickets, you buy them for the game time, you actually find ones that are of a similar uh, caliber. We're talking about the same row that type of stuff and they're cheaper than the ones you got from game time you get 110 percent credit from our friends at game time they pay back plus some for finding better seats the best part is that i get images on to mention of all the seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive the tickets uh, will be bought in a matter of seconds two taps in your set but more importantly the tickets are sent directly to your phone not to fumble th- with your phone to dry to dig into your email to try and find those tickets it's right there on your phone you can get into the event very very quickly so you get started today with my friends snag the tickets without the stress with our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College, and get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create a, an account and redeem the code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for joining us here on uh, the Crossroads of the 12, uh, a special edition of Locked on Cougars, a subsidiary, I guess you could call it, a sister podcast, no matter what you want to call it, uh, fun times all the way around. But it is week zero, my friends. Excited to be watching some college football tomorrow. It's been a really 
really long offseason. We all know this. Conference realignment obviously reigns supreme throughout almost the entirety of this past offseason, but the games are back, albeit in a limited fashion. We don't have a full slate of games. We'll get that next week, and we'll do another edition of this uh, in the lead-up to week one. But there's some big games, and I want to run down to kind of my picks. I'm going to make this a goal to go all season long and kind of update you guys week to week on how I'm doing with my overall picks. And I'm going to do this more from, I'm not going to go against the spread per se, or maybe I should, but nonetheless, I'm going more for the team I think is going to win. It's just, I guess, in the betting parlance, money lines. That's what that's what we're looking at here. The first game is obviously Navy against number 13, Notre Dame, out in Dublin, Iron. It's a Viva Stadium in Dublin. That's one of the overseas games. It's become pretty commonplace for Notre Dame over the past few years. I think Notre Dame absolutely just steamrolls. Navy, the current line is Notre Dame by 20 and a half points. I think Notre Dame easily clears clears that. I just think that Navy's in so much flux right now that they've got a lot of question marks. I think Notre Dame will just sail through. They have Sam Hartman from a Wake Forest Forest quarterback under center. I think Notre Dame rolls very, very easy. Uh, Interesting one here. UTEP visiting first-year FBS school Jacksonville State. Now, Jacksonville State alongside Sam Houston State, who BYU faces next week, are new members of Conference USA and playing their first games as FBS schools. They've been FCS schools up until this point. But UTEP making a unique trip uh, to play Jacksonville State's first FBS home game and the first FBS game ever. I think UTEP may squeak this one out. It's actually a very tight line. UTEP by one and a half points as of recording of this podcast. Uh, Keep an eye on Jacksonville State, though. Rich Rodriguez. Remember Rich Rod? He is the head coach of Jacksonville State. Uh, This is an interesting one, by the way. It's not Jacksonville, Florida. It's in Jacksonville, Alabama, folks. Jacksonville State down there in the great state of Alabama. UMass, New Mexico State. Now, this is kind of the funny juxtaposition of what Week Zero can offer because UMass New Mexico State is on the mothership. Uh, yes, the worst team in college football probably a year ago in UMass and obviously one of the upstart teams of last year in Mexico State are on the mothership. They're on ESPN. Meanwhile, number 6 USC taking on San Jose State, which I believe to be a far superior game, it's stuck on the Pac-12 network. How in the world did the Pac-12 network snake this game away from one of the other providers out there? But nonetheless, they did just that. New Mexico State is 7.5-point favorite over UMass. I think they easily clear that. UMass is a a program that's really, really down. Uh, I think that New Mexico State hosting uh, the Minutemen down there in Las Cruces. I think New Mexico State cruises to a win. You can check that out on ESPN. The best game of the weekend, in my opinion, is the next one we're going to talk about, Ohio and San Diego State. Uh, These are two very, very solid programs. Ohio obviously out of the MAC making the trip to San Diego to Snapdragon Stadium to take on San Diego State. They've got SDSU on my board here at two and a half point favorites. I think Ohio clears that and wins the game outright. I'm really, really intrigued by what the Bobcats hold. And obviously San Diego State has been offensively inept uh, for the past uh, however long that they've had Brady Hoke as their head coach. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon because he just seems reticent. He's like, he's just so reticent to really embrace anything modern off Offense-wise, I think that Ohio gets the win. Hawaii-Vanderbilt, I think that uh, Hawaii making that cross-country trek is going to take a lot out of them. Obviously, Timmy Chang has got a lot of work to do with the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. I'm a big Rainbow Warriors fan. I will freely admit that. I, I root for Hawaii in many respects, but I think Vanderbilt gets the win here. I do think the line might be a tad bit high. Vanderbilt, 17.5-point favorites. So if you want uh, my thought on the spread, Hawaii, I think, covers it, but I do think Vanderbilt gets the win. And then two more games real quick, the final two of the week. 
week, San Jose State and USC, obviously the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and Caleb Williams under center as San Jose State makes the trip uh, to visit Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans. Uh, USC a 31-point favorite. That's a big, big line opening week, but I do think USC is capable of clearing it. Now, Siobhan Cordero is the quarterback for San Jose State. He's a very, very good player in his own right, but he's just not in the same tier of what USC has athletes-wise. I think USC absolutely just steamrolls San Jose State here. And then the final game of the night, Florida International, Louisiana Tech. I do not pretend to know much about both FIU or Louisiana Tech. Outside, I know that Hank Bachmeyer, the former Boise State quarterback, is now Louisiana Tech's quarterback. Obviously, that'll be interesting to see how he adjusts to life as a member of the Bulldogs. But also FIU, their head coach is Mike McIntyre, the former San Jose State coach, as well as Colorado coach, trying to rebuild Florida International. Louisiana Tech is 12-point favorites. Uh, just because I don't know much about these two teams, I do think Florida International may cover the spread, but I think Louisiana Tech gets the win. So if you want my wins, just outright winners, give me Notre Dame, UTEP, New Mexico State, Ohio, Vanderbilt, USC, and uh, and Louisiana Tech. We'll update you on how things go next week on the podcast, but a big thank you for all of your guys' support. If you have not done so already, please subscribe, rate, review the show, enable notifications, uh, comment on who your picks are uh, for the weekend, uh, what teams you're watching, which games you'll be watching, focused in on. Uh, We'll have some fun with this. This is going to be an addition uh, that's kind of coming out separate from our other BYU-centric stuff on Locked On Cougars, kind of a more broad view stuff on college football, the Big 12 as a whole. But a big thank you all the same for all your support as always, and Hope you guys have a great rest of your Friday and or Saturday whenever you check this out. This has been the Crossroads of the 12, part of the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.